Welcome to Logical, the UAE's first and only legal podcast. My name is Tim Elliott. Logical comes to you from the Dubai-based legal firm HPL, Yamalava and Plethka. And as ever, here is Ludmilla Yamalava, the managing partner. Nice to see you. Good to see you too, Tim. This time, Ludmilla, on Logical, the Federal Decree Law Number 13 of 2022. This is new, uh, Ludmilla. What do we know about the unemployment insurance that's coming in? It is new indeed, and it was just issued in September of 2022 and was published in the Official Gazette just a few days ago, so it truly is hot off the press. Uh, one, and two, as you rightfully said, it's so new that this is never... It never existed before in the mm. UAE. So there is now officially unemployment insurance law. Uh, now, it had been previously mentioned or announced uh, in the press, but there wasn't an actual legal authority behind it. It was just an announcement of something to come. So now it is, it has come. So the law is here and the law is, as uh, you said, law number 13 of 2022, and it's called regarding insurance for unemployment. And now what we know is uh, that this is the main law, that's the substantive law, uh, but the law in just at a high level is not uh, is not extremely detailed yet because it basically sets out the legal framework of how this unemployment insurance uh, will work in the UAE, but further details and specifics will be spelled out in executive regulations and uh, all sorts of other decisions which will follow later. And in fact, the law itself has a number of references throughout about uh, certain aspects of the law to be detailed or spelled out in the future in the in the future regulations. So let's consider this podcast uh, series one or part one <laughs> of the unemployment insurance topic for the UAE. Now, at a high level, the purpose of the law is to guarantee, and this is the stated purpose of the law, is to guarantee income uh, for employees during the period of unemployment, at least uh, partial um, guarantee, and then also provide social security uh, for the UE labor market and um, how ultimately all of this is done with the idea of uh, attracting and, and retaining some of the world's best talent uh, in order for the UAE to maintain its global competitive uh, advantage. Mm. So the, this is sort of the stated purpose, and I think it's very pointed and it's very accurate. Uh, and that also defines uh, perhaps the, the purpose or the objective of why uh, we're seeing this very brand, brand spanking uh, new law for the first time. Uh, so then the law details a number of other aspects, and that's you know, the eligibility of the employees and the conditions uh, for eligibility, and then the amount of compensation, and this is, uh, this is kind of at a high level, the period of compensation and uh, the types of benefits and um, a few other sort of nuances. So that's kind of at a high level what this first law uh, sets out again, and further uh, further details will uh, will be spelled out later. But for the time being, uh, in terms of the eligibility of the employees, so this this unemployment insurance will be available for both private uh, and public sector employees. Okay. So that's important because that was always one of the big questions, you know, what sort of sector of the employees would it apply to? But there are a few exclusions, and the exclusions are. Um, so owners of companies or investors. So if you have your own company, you will not, and let's say your business is not doing well, you cannot apply for unemployment insurance. And uh, so it really just sponsored employees. Uh, also, it excludes domestic workers and part-time employees, uh, as well as employees that are below the age of 18. 
and retirees uh, that are receiving pension salary. Um, so basically, these are the, the kind of the five categories that are excluded. Uh, then, uh, in terms of the uh, conditions of eligibility, uh, it's um, first it, it, in order to qualify for this insurance, employees need to have been contributing into the insurance plan or the insurance policy for at least twelve consecutive months. Okay, so that's one of the requirements. Obviously, we will not see based on this um, this principle alone, we will not see unemployment insurance being uh, so tapped into, if you will, for at least uh, twelve months from today, because the employees will need to not have only worked for a company for twelve months, and this is important. So it's not linked to twelve months of employment, but rather twelve months of contributing into the insurance uh, policy or plan. Uh, also, one of the other requirements is that employees can only benefit from this if they were not terminated for disciplinary actions. So Correct. that's one of the limitations. Mm-hmm. So even if you've been contributing for your insurance policy, but if you're ultimately being terminated for good cause, um, then you would uh, not qualify to tap into uh, this insurance. Uh, and um, I mean, for obvious reasons, but the law is, is very specific about this is cannot be based on fraudulent uh, statements or information or any kind of scams. Uh, and I'm sure this is uh, this particular provision is specifically spelled out, <laughs> I would imagine, on uh, the base of the experience that uh, other jurisdictions have perhaps uh, had with in- insurance coverage like this. And that is, for example, somebody could be working somewhere off the books and yet claiming an insurance, uh, unemployment insurance. So you could you could see how this could be practiced. And I'm sure we've, we've all kind of seen the cases like this. So the law specifically provides that uh, this unemployment insurance would only be available to all those who are provide uh, uh, true information and who, um, and who are not, uh, um, I guess, employees that are not bad employees who were terminated for good cause and who have been contributing into the policy. What do we know about amounts or time periods or, or, you know, when and how the insurance might be paid? Uh, So what we know is fairly um, uh, high level for the time being and uh, how to explain exactly what this means. We'll we'll have to do it in perhaps our part two. Uh, But for the time being, the compensation would be 60% of the contribution salary. And the the monthly compensation is capped at 20,000 dirhams uh, per month. Now, what does this mean? It sounds like, okay, well, 60% of the contribution salary, so, uh, and, uh, but capped at 20,000 seems uh, simple enough, but we're not quite sure exactly what contribution salary refers to. So how the contribution salary is defined. Is this your monthly salary? Uh, or is this going to be um, something that whatever the amount that you're contributing on the monthly basis uh, towards this policy? Uh, so the details of how exactly the definition of contribution salary uh, is uh, yet to be uh, seen or determined. Okay. But for the time being, that's what we know. It's at the, but maximum you can you can request for is um, to, is or expect is twenty thousand dirhams per month. Uh, and uh, which is about 60% of your contribution salary. Uh, and um, that also, um, you can only benefit from this for the period of three months. So in other words, uh, you can only claim unemployment insurance for three months. Okay. Is there any better impact on end of service? 
benefits? Uh, great question. No, this does not impact end of service, and this is um, uh, this is very important to address. So what could happen is that as um, um, as employee, you've lost your job for one reason or another. Uh, you would still be entitled to end of service. So this this okay. particular law is independent uh, of the uh, employment law and the benefits that you the employees would otherwise be entitled to under that law. So you would absolutely receive your end of service um, and whatever other dues that you would have been entitled to um, by virtue of working for your previous company. But now moving forward, if you're not able to find employment, uh, then you can, in addition to whatever benefits you received from your previous employer, you can now also uh, apply to have uh, for this unemployment insurance. Uh, so irrespective of whether you have uh, received your end of service or the amount of the end of service um, you know, ultimately. Okay. Is, is this now in effect? I, I'm just looking that this has been published in the official gazette, and that generally means, does it not, that the law is now in place? Uh, yes. So uh, in this case, the law is because they're, when the laws come out, they can come out in different shapes and forms. And sometimes they are uh, published at a certain date and become effective X number of months after. But right. in the case of this particular law, it uh, became effective as of the date it was published in the Fisher Gazette, which was September 29th of 2022. Um, so, yes, as um, things stand right now, as we're doing this podcast, the law is in effect. Uh, now, uh, we know, at least in legal terms, as a, as a legal framework, it's in effect, uh, but how it's going to be practiced, when it will be um, applied uh, and implemented uh, remains to be seen. And furthermore, there's specific details that many ask in terms of the practical uh, uh, implication or application of this law to the day-to-day lives of, let's say, employers or companies. So uh, now that the law is in place, does it mean that everybody who is working here somehow is automatically part of an employment insurance scheme? And the answer is no, no, that's not the case. So while we have this first step officially in place, next we will have to wait for the implementation regula- implementing regulations to uh, to be introduced, which we anticipate will include things such as, uh, well, these are the different companies, for example, that offer uh, unemployment insurance, and um, uh, and there'll be certain requirements, perhaps in terms of when companies um, or employees can start applying for these um, types of policies. But one, I'll tell you, as an employer myself, uh, one one question that we are still waiting to to hear answers to is who is going to be contributing into these these policies. So in other words, let's say. I have employees working for me, so am I, as a company, am I uh, required to um, to contribute or set aside or pay into the unemployment uh, insurance uh, pool on a monthly basis for each employee, or is this the obligation or, or the option or the benefit of the employee? Uh, in other words, they have to, if they want to be able to benefit from unemployment insurance, they have to pay uh, on a monthly basis, a percentage of their salary to uh, their own, uh, let's say, insurance policy. So is it their obligation, just like you would, for example, take um, an insurance for the contents of your house, right? As, sure. as a, you know, that's your own yeah. obligation to do it. So we don't have the answers to that yet. Um, so it could be either the employee's um, option to do it on their own without the involvement of the company, or it could be the company's obligation, or it could be a mixture of, of the two. Uh, so this is an interesting um, 
an interesting issue that we still need to shed more light on or wait until there's more light shed on. Uh, but we anticipate there it might be some kind of a combination of the two, or maybe there's some sort of a insurance policy that's set up that gives the, the companies also an option to contribute towards unemployment insurance. Uh, again, we're just speculating on the basis of what we know about um, uh, unemployment insurance in other jurisdictions, and we've been uh, busy reviewing those policies that exist in other countries just for um, for comparison's sake. Uh, but for the time being, all we know about the UE is what's in this uh, in this uh, law, uh, number thirteen of twenty twenty two. And, um, and that's um, yeah, and then whatever new regulations and implement, implementing decrees uh, are being issued, we will absolutely do a follow-up podcast explaining exactly how this law is going to be put into practice. Part two is to come. I don't like asking you to speculate. What I do like about these podcasts is you always anticipate my questions, so it makes life quite easy. Let me just ask you for a little bit of speculation, though, just to finish things off today. Um, it, it's a bold move, this. This is a good idea, not impacting end-of-service benefits as well. And, it, you know, if somebody leaves, gets what they're due for spending time and effort with a company, but also has that little bit of extra to tide them over, you know, until their next move. Speculation from you really what does it mean for the UAE labor market well it's a great question I have to tell you because I this is coming perhaps kind of at around the same time when the UAE has just introduced a major overhaul to their immigration law mm. uh, and as part of this new immigration law uh, there are a, a number of new types of tourist visas or just visas into the UAE as well as residence permits into the UAE. And at a high level, one of the, um, uh, one of the sort of big changes to this immigration law is that it introduces further and greater flexibility. Uh, for the, uh, for, for people basically to, to come to the UE and stay here for longer. So, for example, if in the past you lose your job, you basically had a grace period of 30 days, uh, before, uh, after your visa was canceled to find a new sponsor. Uh, and in order to be legally, uh, to, to continue to stay in the country legally uh, now, and that you could extend it sometimes depending on the circumstances for maybe additional 30 days, but otherwise your time here was fairly limited. And then after which you would be accruing penalties uh, and overstay penalties, that is. And now the new law introduces all types of visas, such as, for example, um, job seekers visa. Uh, and um, divorcees visas, uh, or and then in general, um, mission visas coming here to work sort of on a probation type of basis as well. So there's so many types of uh, visas, and furthermore, it seems like there are you know, options to extend whatever visa you might have. You have options to extend. So you can extend almost up to, like depending again on the type of visa and the circumstance, you can extend to stay in this country for up to six months. So if you think about it, so I think perhaps it's done with that in mind, because remember, the objective of this law is to uh, not just to attract, but also to maintain some of the, be the best talent in the country, which means what? When you've got an employee, employees working as part of the UE labor market, and you've got somebody, let's say, fairly valuable, when they're job comes to an end for whatever reason, um, this person has in the, in the past would have had fairly limited time to stay in the, in the UE to find another job. And sometimes they would have to leave because they just were not able to find the right job uh, for, uh, quickly enough. Uh, other times they just wanted to leave because um, 
um, you know, while they knew that there were other opportunities, or they would other times they would just uh, take a, a job that they would that would not necessarily satisfy their would not mm. be their ideal mm. job, but because of the time pressure, they would take it. And as a result, they would take a job that they would otherwise not really be happy with, but they took it because the you know, their their visa uh, was an issue. And then they would jump that that job at a later time. So it really does not benefit anyone. So I think perhaps here and now with, with this unemployment insurance and this immigration, changes in immigration laws, you can uh, envisage uh, an event or a situation where somebody loses their job and they want to stay in the UAE and they're, let's say, a qualified person and they want to take their time and find the right job so that they can stay here and in that particular job for a longer period of time, not to have to jump just you know, because they took the first job that became available, but rather take their time and find the proper fit for them and for the company to, you know, to with the hopes that this would be a long-term employment. So now they don't need to worry about um, having to leave the country because, A, on the one hand, the visa will be... Uh, will Will be more flexible for them to extend, and then B additional, they will ha- now have this additional compensation to help them with, during this transition time stay here longer and and look for a new job uh, during this this period of time. So I think if you circle back to what we started with, I think this mechanism or these different laws do provide for mechanism that. Uh, actually do have a very uh, promising, um, uh, I guess, promising outcome of, of ultimately attracting and retaining some of the better talents uh, for the UE labor market. That's another episode of Logical, this time Federal Decree Law number 13 of 2022 regarding insurance for unemployment. Our legal expert, Ludmilla Yamalava, as ever, managing partner here at Yamalava. And Pleska, thank you. Thank you, Tim. Always a pleasure to be chatting with you. Find us at LY Law on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. We've an ever-growing library, hundreds of podcasts, all kinds of legal matters here in the UAE for free to listen to. If you'd like a legal question answered in a future episode of Logical or you'd like to talk to a qualified UAE-experienced legal professional, click contact at lylawyers.com.